NVIDIA's new GPUs allow us to focus on what's important. For gamers, DLSS means that they're getting a much higher image quality and high resolution and good performance than they would otherwise. The NVIDIA Reflex SDK dynamically determines how much render latency there is in your system, allowing the game to minimize input lag. GeForce RTX 30 series really means glorious resolution that looks better than real life. It's bringing ray tracing to prime time for gaming. This is unlocking your potential. It's just you against the enemy team. And having that raw speed is something that cannot be replicated. It means you get lost into the world in its purest form. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Nerdotaku Gaming Podcast. We are rounding off our next-gen coverage, I guess, with uh, talking about PCs. So, uh, for the first time in a while, uh, all these generational leaps are happening on all the consoles, except Nintendo for some reason. Unless they somehow drop some announcement of the Switch 2 tomorrow, which would be great. But uh, yeah, so the PCs are releasing new graphics cards, uh, which are a substantial generational leap. NVIDIA is releasing its new uh, 3000 series graphics card, which are Ampere, right? So yeah, called? Ampere. Yeah, Ampere. Uh, and it's quite the leap, uh, as, as, as we will explain. Uh, so our AMD, they're releasing new series of graphics cards. I was hoping they would have announced, well, like, or shown us their stuff, but they haven't yet. So I guess we we just mostly talk about Nvidia in this one. We can bring up uh, AMD here and there, but it would mostly be speculation. Uh, one of the reasons I was really hoping AMD would announce stuff is because that's what are in the consoles, right? The Xbox and the PlayStation. Yeah. So it would have given us a good idea of exactly how these things, how these consoles will be running. So um, I thought that would be interesting. So to start off, I know Robin, uh, you're not really a PC gamer, right? Not, not really, not really. I'd like to find out like, what is it about PC gaming so far that has made you like not take the leap? For that because i know you're yeah, like a hardcore hardcore game so what is it about pc gaming that's made you not take the leap value <laughs> <laughs> you know the word, you can say pricing but the word pricing doesn't mean anything it's the word value the upfront cost to build a pc is you know it's a bit too oppressive for me like i know in the long run you save more because of you know games are cheaper on pc like like that down, that upfront cost. If I was to build a PC, I wouldn't want to compromise. I'd want a very powerful PC. And because of that, you know, that urge to have something very powerful it puts you in a bad state of mind. Like, ah, that means I have to spend too much money and I can't do that. And I can't cheap out because I won't feel satisfied. So, you know, the, the value is difficult. Yeah, I get that. And I just realized we have a special guest who I didn't introduce. Yes. Uh, we have Tulani. Um, yeah, uh, thanks, Dennis. And thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm excited. It's like officially my first um, feature on a, on, a, on a podcast. So 
show the something. Yeah. But yeah, um, as Dennis mentioned, uh, my name is Tulani. Um, a gamer, uh, both console as well as PC. Um, console, it's a PS4, and yeah, PC as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I find your situation super fascinating because uh, we had you on the bridge. Um, you played yeah. Control, I believe. Yeah, so yes. I, uh, you had told me that uh, you just got into like gaming proper this generation, isn't it? PS4? Yeah, I actually started on the PS4. That was like my first console. I, I find that super fascinating because for a long time i had thought that like core gaming like that level where you even have like a, you have a high-end pc like a gamer it's it would be so difficult to convince even a casual gamer <laughs> to get into the kind of um i guess ecosystem so what kind of spurred yeah. you on to do that um i think growing up the first pc that was bought in the house was um one of those uh, 10 gigabyte pieces that we, we usually got at that time um and you, you couldn't really run anything on it unless it was pinball or solitaire or um those uh small like low-end uh, games that came with the pc so in my i can say young younger days i always try to push my parents to get me um, something that I can use to game. Uh, those days we had PlayStation 1s, uh, PlayStation 2, PS3s. Uh, all those generations went by and I wasn't able to uh, actually get what I wanted. Um, then when the PC came, I sort of just, uh, shifted my focus to say, maybe let me try to game on PC, but still, um, the machine that was there was not like something that you can actually use to, 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 to game on. So my only option was to experience gaming through friends. I got an opportunity to actually finish, that was to play Tomb Raider Anniversary. That was the first PC I can, that, that was the first PC game I can actually say I started from scratch as well as finish it. And that was not on my machine. So I used to wake up every weekend, go to a friend's and maybe spend a day um, just just gaming on on, on, on their machines. Um, so that's why I also got the interest in um, actually um, the whole thing of being into PCs and um, all that tech stuff. Um, by profession, I also work on PCs. So it's sort of a love story that started way back. Uh, so yeah, um, tech is like my niche, I guess I can call it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's how I'm sort of automatically drawn into this world of gaming PC, um, GPUs, and all that uh, tech-related stuff. Uh, we have okay. another special guest with us today, uh, Hardas. He is our Nidotaku tech whiz. And uh, very much a PC gamer. I guess you can introduce yourself, Ardas. Hi, guys. Um, I'm known as, as Jester Online, but uh, it's great to be here. Cool, cool, cool. First of all, people should know, I, when it comes to tech, I am the quintessential boomer. I do not know how to run anything. 
I don't know. Like, I always ask for help on something and it will always break on. Like most of my friends who are in tech or whatever, Java always says, if you want to learn how something works, like an end user, like the stereotypical end user is Dennis. Like if you're making an app, mm-hmm. just throw it in Dennis's hands and don't say anything yeah. and you'll see how yeah, someone messes up your app. Yes, that's exactly what I Wow. <laughs> that, 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 that's surprising. I didn't expect that. <laughs> This is why, though, um, there's another friend of mine, Suman, who's also into PC gaming. Although he mm-hmm. also is in tech, he he always finds it frustrating how the layman says it's very difficult to build PCs or get into PC gaming or understand how it works. Like you know, all these acronyms: CPU, RTX, yeah. DLSS. You know, <laughs> like they sound like such. It sounds like an alien language. But I feel that if I can understand it, if me, Dennis, can understand it, and if I can build a PC, I think anyone can do it. It's quite simple. It's like building Legos. It almost builds itself. I, I know that sounds like off or whatever, but if you've done it before, you know what I mean, Tolani, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless so, you're trying to do water cooled or whatever, it kind of, it's like if you look at the pieces separately yeah you can tell that thing goes there like you don't even have to try yes yes exactly <laughs> so what spurred you on to get say something like a 2060 as opposed to a 10 series uh or or rather like why didn't you just stay with consoles why did you decide to build a pc to play games on as well that's an interesting question the main reason i actually built his PC was for um, deep learning purposes. So that's um, machine learning and AI related stuff. But somewhere along the way, I, 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 I just thought to myself, well, let me just build something that I can um, use for multiple, for multiple things. So miraculously enough, I can get to do both on this, uh, on this machine. So that's, um, AI-related stuff as well as um, game on it as well. Um, but the reason I went with an RTX 2060 was somehow to secure uh, my future. It, it, it's sort of uh, future-proof, yeah. but I think with the coming of the RTX 30 series, um, that uh, narrative sort of changes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but to some extent, <laughs> to some extent, I'm still safe in those lines. So I wanted to do something that to also guarantee that in the next two three years, um, I still be safe in terms of what I can run on my machine and what I cannot. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, coming to in terms of future proofing, right? Would you say it is cost effective? um to build a pc like that than just to buy than just to be like a console generation person you know like the, say the way robin is like he's gonna buy a ps5 and he had the ps4 and he's probably gonna buy the ps6 what like as a zambian you, you know in our economy and with our markets and ecosystem and stuff like that is mm-hmm. does it make sense to build a pc than to just play on console I think it depends on what you want, really. Um, That's a so hard question to if answer. If it comes to consoles, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> when it comes to consoles, you have uh, 
Xbox and PlayStation. Um, so let's say you want to have to, to sort of enjoy both of our worlds. So that means you need to have both consoles. Um, I don't know if there, there are games that are strictly exclusive to Xbox and not on PC. Not or whatever anymore. we get on Xbox or we get on PC. Not anymore. Not anymore. It used um, to be the case, but not anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think it isn't cost effective. I don't think it's a good idea though. Like if if we if we look at our current state of the economy and how the dollar is performing against the the quadra, uh, it's not really a good idea to start building uh, PCs and shipping in um, those parts. Uh, and the problem nowadays is that once you if you want to buy something, uh, let's say from the USA, um, you also need to consider the aspect of paying tax. Uh, not to get too political here in this discussion, but uh, ever since Donald Trump came into power, he introduced uh, this whole idea of paying tax whenever you're shopping online. So that sort of uh, contributed to the fact that um, PC parts and pretty much anything that you need to buy online is, is, is extra expensive than it used to be. Um, but I think my main reason for saying it's, it's not cost effective is the idea of um, the exchange rates. Uh, that That's playing a huge role in the, in the pricing of things. What, what do you think, Robin? Like, uh, what? Yeah, same question. What do you think? Look, in terms of like cost effectiveness, I guess we, we have to talk about the, the elephant in the room that's, you know. I, I said that PC gaming is cheaper because of Steam sales, but there's the actual real reason why PC, gamer is, PC gaming is cheaper. And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. Where's? Where's <laughs> you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- that basically. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's a, we, we've got to accept the reality. It, it's a thing. It's a thing, but yeah, I think if you if you just game like casually, like you play the occasional Assassin's Creed and whatever, I don't think it's worth it to build a PC for all that, you know, for particularly for gaming. If you're not going to really buy a lot of, or if you're not really going to download and play a lot of games for it, so I think like you know, if your moral compass tilts a certain direction and you really <laughs> want to play a lot of games like a lot of games like yeah. not just 10 games in a generation we're talking 50 plus games so if you know if you have no problems doing what needs to be done and you are going to be playing a lot of games i think then a pc building a pc is going to be really worth it i i See, I get what you're saying. I have a, I have a, I'd say four years ago, that would have been correct. But I think now, um, the biggest games on PC are free. And these are like legally free. So we're talking Warframe. Uh, we're talking Dota 2. We're talking Counter-Strike Go. Yeah. Um, League of Legends. Uh, and these are PC exclusive games. Well, most of them anyway. Yes. Uh, Rainbow Six, stuff like that. Well, that's not... Every game you've mentioned doesn't need a super powerful gaming PC. 
exactly it doesn't it doesn't the one thing i'll say is this like um it's kind of an in joke that everyone who's with a big gaming pc plays like football manager or eve online or something which is okay. true <laughs> because uh pc gaming does have a lot of those um you know the pc exclusives are very interesting kind of games it's very rare that you get a witcher 2 or uh uh in the original days a half-life 2 or you know like those big pc uh story-based adventure or rpgs or whatever yeah um, it's mm-hmm. very it's rare now that you get those which are just stuck on pc you know kingdom come deliverance that's on console as well isn't it yes now it is yeah now it is you know so games like that initially would be like you only find them on pc you know like mafia the original mafia uh but now because of the architecture in the consoles uh you you can play some of those games on console as well it's not the main reason it's not where the value is the value is in those free games i mentioned the online games which are some of the biggest online games in the world and also if you look at steam sales and the epic game store like i have i think 40 games in my epic library and these are not like mediocre games these are big games like i got the whole batman arkham franchise in my epic games library you know like these are big games i've got watchdogs one and two if you're if you if you're not one of the people who really wants to play something in the zeitgeist uh, mm-hmm. You can play the biggest games like that are three years old, two years old for free if you get a PC legally. That's very, very possible, and I think that's where the main value is. Oh, okay. I I I get what you're saying, but like, yeah. Anyway, that's speaking from from my perspective. Anyway, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. So yeah. yeah, I guess we've uh, done enough of a preamble to this whole PC thing. Uh, we can move on to the new GPUs. So Nvidia announced the new Ampere architecture GPUs, the 3000 series. They announced the 3070, right? I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. Which is 3070, 3080, and the new Titan replacement the 3090 which no one should buy unless you're just ridiculous uh so <laughs> the thing that really shocked everyone with this 30 series is that the 3080 is almost double the performance of the 2080 which was the biggest graphics card around at a price which is way lower of 700 dollars and the 2080 was $1,200, am I correct there? Yeah, $1,200. Yes. So you're getting pretty much double the value for half the price. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And it is across the board high performance um, with their new... So let me just run down some of the new features it has. So it has... Uh, what it's calling um, second generation RT cores. So the RT cores are what allow for better ray tracing. So in the 2000 series, uh, they, they added ray tracing. That was like a new feature, but it was kind of, it was new, you know, they were kind of better tasting it, I would say. So yeah. it wasn't... It was more experimental. Yeah, it was it was very heavy on the on the GPU, like it was quite heavy. 
uh, you're looking at mostly 1080p um, 50 frames a second, to be honest, if you've got RT on on most games with a 2080. I'm, average, I'm averaging it out, but it was kind of 1080p 50 frames for most games on an average. With a 2080, you're looking at 4K 60 for most games, which is pretty intense. Uh, I did not expect that to be the case, not at 4K. I thought it was going to be uh, 1440p at the most, but the, the benchmarks that the 2080 are pulling out are unfathomable. They are quite insane. They are three times the performance of the GTX 1080. So with that value in mind, would you say to Lani that it makes sense to upgrade from the 20 series to the 30 series at the price point of $700? It sort of does. But then again, if you really want to say experience 4k um on a on an rtx 3070 um you also need to consider the fact that uh i don't know maybe personally at home you still need um extra gear to actually experience that 4k so by that i mean you actually need um a tv that that, that supports uh 4k um so if you're willing to spend um on both fronts say you need a tv also need a gpu uh then i think it's it's it's, it's worth it to to upgrade to to that yeah you, you raise a good point because uh when i was watching some of the digital foundry uh breakdowns uh they pretty much said if you don't have a 4k screen it's just diminishing yeah. your trends at this point because the the jump from GTX 1080 to 3080, for example, at uh, 1080, it's like if you've got a 10 series card, Pascal, I believe, just and you don't have a 4K TV, you're honestly just wasting your money by getting a 30 series card because it, it, at that point it's diminishing returns. Like you're, you're, you're pushing the, the card so much and you're not really seeing it, you know, you're not mm -hmm. seeing the upgrade. So, yeah, you're not really seeing the value. Yeah. So I would like your take on uh, the new 30 series. Like, what, what are your thoughts on the 30 series uh, by NVIDIA? Well, we've only um, got details about, like, the top tier stuff. We don't have any details of the mid-range stuff, which is what is obviously most enticing to um, us who aren't... Uh, like you know super enthusiasts with the best stuff in our pcs um so without those details we can't really say um and we can actually say exactly the same thing about the consoles uh everything that we have so far is speculation we don't really know how they're going to perform in real life in if we have to think about what we're going to buy are we gonna focus more on uh putting our money into consoles or putting our money into PCs, I would say, wait, uh, wait to see how the consoles perform, wait to see how these new GPUs perform before you make a decision. If you still haven't bought one or if you're still busy deciding. Okay, so uh, 
in terms of when you say wait for performance, what exactly do you mean? Like, what exactly am I waiting for to see? Well, you want to see if what the console people, the uh, uh, manufacturers are saying um, is true in terms of the performance that they're expecting. And you also, you also want to make sure that NVIDIA um, is, has been truthful. Well, they're never truly truthful. I mean, what they share with us is always like best case scenario. They select a few um, games that they know their card will perform in the best so that they can skew the numbers a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, obviously uh, the performance uh, jump that they've talked about, it's almost been made. So um, I think we can confidently say that it's gonna, it is a massive jump, but I think if if we're talking about uh, choosing a, a, a platform, um, you don't only you shouldn't only consider like the performance. You have to think about what kind of games you want to play, what kind of setup you have, what your needs are, rather than just looking at pure performance. Obviously. So based on that, um, I I have a question about that. So PC gaming is like the f- up the first cost, the upfront cost is pretty hefty compared to consoles. And considering uh, that these new consoles are $500, right? And mm. as at the moment, the amount of the performance that they are promising is pretty, I'd say kind of equivalent to a low to mid-range uh, PC, which is pretty unprecedented. Let me say low, mid, let me say mid to high end, right? Which is pretty yeah, unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Would would you say that, like for us Zambian gamers, right? Because we have to like import most of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you say there is value in say someone who is consistently a PC gamer who played third party, say action adventure games? You know, not the PC um, exclusive games like the Dota's and the League of Legends. Like if you played it for your Tomb Raiders and your Witcher threes, is there? Mm-hmm value in switching to console now um yeah i think so i think uh if if you only have 500 dollars to spend um and you don't have a pc i mean you're talking about someone who's already a pc gamer so it's a little bit yes, more difficult already. because they already, already have a pc, a PC. but but yeah. okay well let's change that up a little bit let's say that i have like a five or six year old pc which is consistent with how old their ps4 would be if it was a console gamer going to new gen, right? So mm-hmm. then I would say it's super enticing to look, uh, to consider the uh, consoles instead of a PC. Um, and that's coming from someone who's super <laughs> PC. You <laughs> didn't expect that opinion. <laughs> I, th- I think there's a, th- a couple of other things that people forget about when they, um, I think most information about what's uh, what the PC provides is something that um, we can actually deal with um, and need to address amongst our console brothers. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we are all gamers and we want to play together. And this segregation into different platforms is actually detrimental to gaming. Don't you guys agree? Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, a top tier PC is like the best but that's only for like a super few elite um so for most of of us in zambia i would say 
console and PC in terms of visuals, it's going to be equal because most people can't afford something that outperforms a console. That's a very um, good point. So unless you are like one of the lucky few, you aren't going to get gain anything from a PC in, from a gaming perspective in terms of visuals. Mm. But I do think there are other perks that people don't think about. One of the biggest things I don't like from uh, amongst the consoles is the fact that you have to pay to play. Mm -hmm. Online, yeah. yeah. I mean, if that, you want to play online... Store, you always need to pay for a, subs for a subscription or something. Yeah. And then even that is segregated. Like, if you're a console gamer on Xbox, you can't play with your PlayStation buddies. And if you're a yeah. PlayStation person, you can't play with your console buddies. And neither can play with PC. But PC, there's no charge. As long as you pay your internet, you can play online. So that's a super a perk from from having a PC is that you don't have to pay. Um, and people don't consider that. If you think about it, three years of uh, Xbox uh, access, if you want like the ultimate, how much does that? Uh, well, usually Xbox terms of dollars. Is like, uh, $60 a year. Isn't it $15 a month? And that that's if you get it with a sub with I a like. bunch of other games. If it's only for just playing online, it's a 60 a year, five a month. Okay, well, even if it's just 60, uh, that's $180 for three years. That's like a mid-tier GPU. You know, like a 3050 or a 3060. Maybe not a 3060, but definitely a 3050 in three years. And if you think about it six years, that's a 3070 plus. That's just for the privilege to play online in a segregated uh, uh, environment. Yeah, I get that. But I feel like uh, in terms of services, the console guys have been doing their best to make the service more valuable. For example, if you are on the $15 a month Game Pass Ultimate, you are getting the newest games and old games day one on top of access to playing online. So it's like adding value to that stuff. And they and they and because of uh, games like Fortnite and Minecraft, uh, the idea of playing cross platform is now becoming more ubiquitous. Uh, because it doesn't make sense anymore to segregate your uh, player base between platforms. So slowly it's kind of changing, but it, it still is segregated. I, I, well, I, I, I'm going to jump in and say ubiquitous is super optimistic. It's like very few titles that we can have, we have crossplay available. I mean, it's like the big ones. It's like your um, Fortnite. Apex, you know, the, the very big ones. <laughs> you guys consider this um, segregation like in part of the, like in terms of um, each uh, service provider as some sort of uh, a strategy to monetize their services or it's just pride, so to say, just to maintain a, a certain customer base? I think it's two things. It's one, um, finances and then number two it is that some titles just um, you can't play like let's let's use a shooter game as an example you can't have PC players versus console players in Apex yeah because the Apex uh, the um, non console the non PC players are just gonna 
call out the PC players cheaters all the time because <laughs> in shoot, I mean, there is an advantage to playing with a mouse in a shooter game. It's just a, a matter of fact. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, but I, I do appreciate that they do allow, like, if you think you can play against PC people in Fortnite, like go ahead. They have shortcuts to build stuff and they build stuff in like milliseconds. But <laughs> no, I think, I think uh, uh, um, there are definitely some uh, console players who will beat the crap out of us. I mean, I'm not the best shooter player, but um, at the end of the day, if you take the best versus the best, um, a mouse just provides superior um, uh, performance in, in, a, in a shooter game there are other places i mean how can you play with a mouse in a, in a fighting game like you know <laughs> not gonna work. You yeah these days you um, actually see sure, lots of sure. people on pc using controllers yeah and that, that's one of the advantages you know you're not limited um people think oh you have to play on a mouse and a keyboard but you don't yeah. i have a xbox one controller and it's fun because i like racing games um so it, it the PC platform, obviously I'm biased here, but it does give you choice. It gives you choice of um, any kind of controller. It gives you a choice of any store that you can buy from. I mean, on my PC, I can buy on the Xbox store. I can buy on the PlayStation store. I can buy on Steam. I can buy on all these different platforms. So it means I can buy, I can play almost any game. There are very few um, of the new um, exclusives that aren't eventually going to come to PC. So yeah. that's actually a really mm -hmm. uh, great advantage because you don't have to buy two different platforms. You can just buy one more expensive one, but at the end of the day, a single one is the same price or even a little bit less than the two. And you don't have to pay the online fee. Yeah, I think you kind of, that's a good point. Like buying an Xbox and a PlayStation plus all the subscription costs you're going to pay. You know, maybe it's cheaper just to build one PC than get a PlayStation down the line for exclusives you like. Yeah, and well, looking at what's uh, happening now, if it's true, if say Last of Us Part 2 is going to come four years from now, if you don't have FOMO, <laughs> you know, like you can just wait it out and you will get to play those games. Like, if I had just waited it out, I would have played Horizon Zero Dawn now, you know? Um, if I wasn't so impatient, I would have played Death Stranding in PC, which apparently is like really well optimized. So I, it, it all depends on what you are looking for, I guess. But there definitely is some restrictions for being on a console. However, I do like that there is now choice on console somewhat, especially with what the Xbox are doing with the series s and the series x they're kind of giving you a here is a medium and here is ultra you know that kind of thing like they are allowing you to choose kind of like on a pc type thing and i think we should i, I hope consoles continue in that regard are you talking about graphic settings yes kind of like graphic settings like the series s is a is a i'd say like a mid-tier console mm -hmm. and the series oh, x I is like are you talking ultra, about the the hardware yes yes the hardware. okay 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 yeah so like the thing i like the most about pc like you said is choice right you have mm -hmm. a choice on almost everything and if you're on console now you also kind of have a choice on what you have you can either pick the xbox one x or the series s 
or the Series X, depending on your budget or what you're looking for or your screen and all that stuff. So um, why is this? I guess because of the, the way we started, this is descending into a PC versus console debate. <laughs> 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 I mean, it, it's hard to it's hard not to like make the comparison because if you're looking to let's say you 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 haven't gamed right like you're start, you're trying to get into gaming now try I'm trying to make a, a case for like what would be the best entry point for you let's say if, uh, like for any gamer like if uh, I, I know there's many caveats like what kind of games do you want to play how much money do you have etc. But let's say in a utopia, right? You've got all the money in the world and uh, you're trying to get into gaming. <laughs> if what if would money be isn't, the best, you know? <laughs> if money is no limit, come on. Why are we even asking that question? <laughs> like, you know, money is obviously a limit. <laughs> no, but then it's, if money isn't a, a a, a limitation if money isn't a limitation then i would definitely say the best experience is going to come from pc because of the variety of choice and the um, absolute best visuals and you know um, but i think if someone is new to gaming one of the important points is that um, it's going to be a, a learning curve and i think um, consoles probably are easier to begin with like with a controller, uh, that's that's just my take. Yeah, it's actually really hard to teach somebody how to how to play games either via controller or mouse and keyboard. Like the idea of playing a game for some people is actually really hard. You know, we we take it for granted how able how able people are to just pick up a controller and play. Some people do actually struggle with that. That's a good point. I've seen that a lot. Like uh, with some of the guests we have on the bridge who like say don't really play games and seeing how difficult it is to get used to the idea of a controller that's an unwieldy like piece of hardware it is so weird right like we, are, we we do take it for granted but it's very difficult which is why i i am thankful for um say like the touch based games like what the the iPhone did for gaming and even what Nintendo did for gaming with motion controls that really opened up gaming to a lot of people or just mobile gaming yeah, yeah. probably that's actually the right answer like if someone wants to get into gaming they already have a mobile device just get them to download one or two games and see if they like it or not true 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 I want to just mm -hmm. double back to the question that we asked because I don't think like Robin got to yeah go ahead this. in the scenario where you don't have a 4K screen, right? Uh -huh. Don't you think it is diminishing returns to buy a PS5 or Xbox Series X now when most of these games are cross-platform anyway? Uh, shouldn't you just wait, save a bit more money, play the games on PS4, play them on uh, Xbox One, or uh, this goes as well for the PC gamer who doesn't have a 4K TV. Don't buy the 30 series of GPO GPUs because you don't have a 4K TV. Just mm -hmm. save a bit more money for a while. Do you think that makes sense? It, it very much depends on what you want to play. Because like just today, it was announced Resident Evil 8, which we previously knew was 
PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. They say they want to port it to PS4 and Xbox One as well. So the cross-gen generation period is always, you know, if you are not an enthusiast, it is always wise to wait till the cross-generation period finishes. And I'm looking what... uh, What are the big next-generation exclusive games that are coming up? If you don't like Demon's Souls, then, you know, then... Or, I guess, Demon's Souls, Ratchet & Clank, that's on PS... That's on the PlayStation front. Then, as far as third parties go... I think there's this golem, a golem game. If you're comfortable waiting out the cross-generation period, then yeah, sure, you can hold off. Hardest, what do you think? Do you think uh, PC gamers should hold off on buying these new GPUs if they don't have a 4K TV? Because based on the benchmarks I saw, uh, even the Digital Foundry guys were saying there are definitely diminishing returns to buying this thing if you just have a 1080p screen. Totally. Especially if um, uh, you consider the fact that the later models that are coming out like the 3050 or even if you're willing to dip into like the used market you can get way more value um, you don't have to spend like an arm and a leg for performance you can't even see still you, you still use it on on your on your say 1080 tv uh, basically i think the only thing you would get uh in in performance height is probably the the frames per second, the FPS, mm-hmm. but that also highly depends on uh, the refresh rate for your for your TV or, or your monitor. So it's not always that you say I'll get 60 FPS or maybe um, I can say a, a, a 40 hertz uh, TV or monitor. I don't think that that's that's um, really possible. Yeah. So that, that, there's a lot of things to actually take into consideration. No, for sure, for sure. Mm, true, true, true. So you hit it here, guys. Just wait out. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't rush out there and pre-order <laughs> everything. <laughs> like our good friend Robin here. No, I mean, see, I, I'm, an, I'm an enthusiast. I have, I actually do have a 4K TV. So it's like, uh, oh, okay. for me, why not? <laughs> Why not? I, I just have to. Yeah, so I want to pivot now to, um, like you said, ease of access. One of the biggest hurdles to PC gaming is the building of the PC or uh, when you get the games, downloading drivers and all that stuff. Would you say it's worth it for someone who's just getting a PC for gaming? Like, this is not a person who's using it for an office space or whatever. It's a cons- It's a, basically a a console for games but this person is not tech savvy and and, and all that stuff. is it worth it for them to no. uh, learn this stuff and play games on pc no if you are not tech savvy do not i would not recommend it at all unless you're henry cavill <laughs> did you guys see that henry cavill is a nerd he's a massive nerd <laughs> yeah i think i think if you're not tech savvy then uh, the, yeah. the idea of gaming on PC, if you want to build something from scratch, that's definitely, that definitely would be a bad idea. But if you wanted to say, I just want to get something that's already pre-built. Uh, but then again, there's a question of how do you know exactly that, that the parts that it has is what you actually need. 
I also feel even a rebuild what, what is not a good need? idea. If you are not tech savvy, mm-hmm. ah, there's they are. If you are not tech savvy and you're buying a PC just for gaming, I don't think it's wise because even as someone like myself who's tech savvy, the issues have come across. Like you know, <laughs> I I likely game on PC like for emulation. Even as I likely game, the issues I've come across don't make any sense, and I'm into tech, so it's like no, I w- I wouldn't recommend that if you are not tech savvy. I'll just say buy a console. Yeah, I mean, as even even though I'm super PC biased, I have to agree. Like, um, it's not so easy to buy a pre-built in Zambia because you know shipping something in that large, it's gonna be expensive. So uh, consoles are smaller; it's easier to ship in. Um, and then if you're going to build it yourself, have a friend is tech savvy or uh, be willing to learn. Um, if you're not willing to learn and you don't want to, um, you don't, you're not, you don't think you can go for the challenge, then yeah, go for console. Okay. So let's say you are, let's say you are kind of tech savvy or you are willing to learn on our previous podcast, we had mentioned that. Uh, getting a, you know, the, the other parts, the CPU, the RAM and stuff are quite pricey. <laughs> so, like, uh, and, and you challenge that hardest. Like, uh, is it possible to get something uh, affordable and good enough to gain? Affordable is very relative. <laughs> <laughs> affordable uh, compared to the new consoles. So if you want to get something that performs at the same level as the new consoles that are coming out um, and you have to buy it now it's difficult to match them at the same price but the thing is if you just wait if you have something already wait two years after the consoles launch and generally you can easily match what they have for very close to the same price that's how it normally works so the worst time to buy a PC is at the same time when consoles come out. Because then in terms of performance, the consoles are at exactly the same level as like the the high to you know high end PCs. But within a few years, like two years, they're kind of getting left behind. Um, and then the prices for those components have dropped a lot uh, in terms of performance. That's a thought Does that I make never sense? had of, you know, of like, don't upgrade to PC at the start of a new gen. You know, bad uh, idea. <laughs> a lot of people are saying this is the time to upgrade because no, Nvidia have made their things competitively priced, but that's, you know, that competitive pricing is still relative. Yeah, you've got, you've got, you that's something uh, I, I would actually keep in mind. I'll use one example. I'll use one example. So when the PS4 came out, yeah. It came out in 2013, end of 2013, right? Yeah. Like I think November 2013. Mm-hmm. So we're now getting the new PS5, which is going to be what? November 2020? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's seven years. So um, the GPU that was in the PS4, uh, to get the same kind of performance at the time, you needed like a $300, which is exactly the same price as the PS4 was at the time, almost. Yeah, so you need to match the price, which is, which is what the 3070 is going to be now. But mm-hmm. in 2017, which is what three years almost, yeah, about three years after the PS4 was launched, 
you could buy a RX 550 from AM, from AMD, which would have exactly the same performance as the PS4. Do you guys know what an RX 550 could have been bought for at the time? What was that and was even 150 now? or something? I think it was 150, right? $80. $80? Wow. So, so $80 gives you the same performance as almost a $300 um, video card three years earlier. So that's how fast PC gaming moves, um, which is why we see this incredible jump on, among the consoles because they're now tapping into that same technology. Um, performance of these parts in terms of cooling and size have, have become so good now that they can put these in consoles where they couldn't do that before. So I would say wait two years, then buy your PC, don't buy now. That's, that's something. Sense. That's something. It's you know, it's it's not an opinion you'd expect to hear from a PC enthusiast, but there's a lot of logic behind that. You know, when you because it's coming from a perspective of value. He knows, you know, how does you seem to know how our economy works? Here. So it's like, okay, yeah, you're you, you speaking some truth. Dude, I only buy on sale. I basically only buy used. So I'm always buying super high value. So that's why one of the reasons why I'm not very console, um, I'm not in the console uh, space, just because I don't find it as good a value proposition um, as PC. It doesn't make sense, but it is so. Mm. It may not sound like it makes sense, but it does. Yeah, I get you, I get you. And I guess like once you do get in, uh, for example, for you right now, Hardas, mm. if you were to upgrade, the only thing you're getting is theoretically a GPU. So it's like that. The only cost for you right now would be just that, the GPU. I do want to upgrade my CPU just because, I mean, at the moment it's six cores, 12 threads. It's, it's, I mean, it's performing amazingly. Uh, I don't have any performance bottlenecks yet. So what what CPU I are you know, using? Uh, what spec? So it's second gen um, Ryzen 5. But I mean, the, the reason why I would consider upgrading that is because I know that the new games that are coming in 2020, 20, well, I mean, 2022, 2023, eventually are gonna be able to utilize um, all the cores that the consoles have. And they do have two more cores than I have. Okay, so I guess um, I can, I, I have one more question that I feel I can take around around the table, the theoretical table. Uh, yeah. What are you looking forward to in the future of PC gaming, like what's been announced and uh, what, uh, what has been like your favorite like memory of PC gaming? I hope, okay, you guys, you all know that 4K, native 4K is a waste, right? We, we can all agree. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> For now, I guess. I don't yeah. know. So, I, 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 on the PC space, I want to see how far they take uh, this, these reconstruction techniques. Because, you know, image quality, I think, is... Image quality is more important than, than resolution. So, seeing how that develops on the PC space is what I want to see the most. Then, you said, what's his favorite memory of playing on PC? That's... It's... it's it, it, it's too many memories. 
I actually have a very extensive background with emulation because almost all the franchises I like, I started playing via emulation on PC. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is your favorite memories are emulating consoles. <laughs> yeah, as odd as that sounds, yeah. Because, you know, yeah, reality of growing up, you know, you can't afford every game. <laughs> Although emulation can be very... Ish. <laughs> there's a lot of tinkering involved to make it run well sometimes. I think there's more tinkering in that than building a PC. Yeah, true, true actually, <laughs> yes. yes. Come on, Robert, you have to agree. I'll, I'll, hold, I'll hold my words. Truthfully, truthfully. Honestly, I'll, I'll agree to that because I, I have... Like when I got a pretty good laptop, I was like, I want to play. Uh, uh, there's this game. I saw people talking about playing Wind Waker. This was before the HD version came out in the Wii U. It's like you can play Wind Waker at 1080p. You know, you can you know smooth it out or whatever. And I followed the guide properly to make it run at 1080p. And my goodness, it was one hell of a guide. I was like, Ish. I felt like a programmer. <laughs> <laughs> Tulani, what are you looking forward to in? the future PC gaming. Yeah, like NVIDIA is really making big moves in terms of uh, the whole tech stack, basically. Um, so I, I, I guess the whole uh, the whole reason why these cards even have this huge leap in terms of could uh, call this cause of the same um, DLSS. Uh, so they're using the same so-called CUDA calls to actually handle all that stress on the on the VGA. Uh, I haven't used that word in a while. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're using uh, CUDA codes basically to to improve uh, the output for 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 their videos. Um, apart from that, I also I, I, I think they're also changing the the game in terms of how um, mock-up will be handled. I think I was watching some. Uh, presentation of, of how um, they're improving, uh, how uh, streamers are going to be streaming in terms of uh, features they're adding to their software, such as noise cancellation, as well as mm -hmm. um, uh, there's this, I've forgotten what they call it exactly, but um, they've improved um, the way in which uh, streamers uh, render custom backgrounds to their to their streamings basically mm -hmm. uh, so they're using AI to actually pull out your module as, as a human being and then they just um, do their magic uh, with a custom background and you can barely see those borders that show that this guy is, is sitting behind a, a green screen and basically you don't you don't even need a, a green screen anymore green screen. simply because yeah, Nvidia has really harnessed the power of AI in their products. Yeah, that's actually amazing to see. That was really amazing. Like when I saw that, I was like, "This is cool." Because even the camera thing, like it uh, auto adjusts mm -hmm. where it auto adjusts like, yeah. your body, so you can move around, but it keeps you in frame constantly, which is very yep. cool. The noise cancellation is very good. If you're streaming and someone else has a um, a PlayStation 4 Pro in the background, <laughs> jet engine. <laughs> <laughs> well, the noise will be cancelled, thank goodness. Uh, uh, yeah, like it's it's really it, it's it's it helps a lot because it, it cancels out the need mm -hmm. for green screens, you know, production yeah. costs for streamers. 
I mean, you you saw our bridge setup. It's it's a whole thing. <laughs> yes. So imagine being able to do all that just because the GPU can handle all that. Handle it, it's really yeah. Amazing. And I'm really excited to see how uh, AMD is going to to counter uh, this boss move that Nvidia sort of put on them. So. <laughs> That's what excites me most in terms of the PC space. Yeah, for sure. Same Gaming, I can't save much on that. Because I'm, I'm literally still struggling to whether I, I want to, to play Cyberpunk on PC or, <laughs> or console. How could you? That is not even a question, dude. Like, there's only one answer to that. My goodness. <laughs> no, you, I, know, I know you're going for PC. But look, if you're... If, if your console is more powerful than your PC build, might as well play Cyberpunk on your console then. Yeah, that's the but thing. Do you know, <laughs> I, I'm, going, I'm going to pull a very purist gatekeeper card here, something I, I very rarely do. You do not mm -hmm. play immersive sims on a controller. Oh, here we go. You do not. <laughs> sacrilege. Sacrilege. Cyberpunk <laughs> is not an immersive sim. <laughs> Cyberpunk is a GTA clone. Come on. We've been over this. <laughs> no. Anyway, Hardest, what, what are you looking forward to in the new in the PC space? Well, I'm looking forward to cheaper prices, man. <laughs> 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 and and I'm confident that in terms of performance we're getting that. Um, so if if we look at the kind of performance that we're getting now from like a 3070 beating like a 2080, it's happening. So I think uh, in, like I said, two years from now, um, it's going to be amazing, most likely. I think at the moment it's difficult because this, this um, situation that we're in with everybody in lockdown, um, well, maybe not in Zambia, but many places, uh, the demand for components is just so ridiculous Time, that the yeah. companies can't, they just can't keep up. And that's what's driving the prices up a lot. So as soon as this phase eventually ah. goes away, the prices yeah. will also start dropping um, due to demand or, or due to a re reduction in demand. So I'm looking forward to, you know, maybe end of 2021 when I can get like a, a 3060 to replace my 2060. Um, and hopefully it'll give me the same kind of performance as a, a, a top console. Um, if not, that's fine. I'll be fine with it. I'll get my 3060 in 2021, but in 2023, I'll get my 4060 or whatever, you know, and it'll smoke the consoles and the console players will have to wait until, I don't know, 2027, if it's mm -hmm. going to be the same time frame for their next gen, while I'm already rocking something that kills their systems. So that's my approach. Um, favorite memory? Oh, man, it's ridiculous. It's impossible to answer, but obviously it's doing stuff with friends. Um, and if I have to think about stuff that we did together, um, it's obviously going to go back to Dota. <laughs> Do you remember that, uh, that, that time that we were at Sandbox and I was playing Bane 
and I was having so much fun. <laughs> so I guess playing Dota with friends, that's my answer. Yeah, yeah. Online gaming and land stuff is always always really cool. I would say what I'm looking forward to is the um I'm I'm a big fan of like ray tracing stuff. So I'm looking forward to like what devs do with uh real time like global illumination. Looking at that Minecraft demo, it's the exact same game, but it's just got ray tracing and it's different. Like nothing's changed, it's just lighting and it, it looks next gen. So it's atmosphere. There's atmosphere. Yeah. So you know, I'm an architect, so I know how much lighting and bounce light does for a space. Ah, yeah. So I, I like the possibilities are endless. You know, like I I can't I'm sure all the artists out there understand what I mean when I say the possibilities are literally limitless. Like lighting is the most important. Like, it's what you see. Like it's light. That's what we see, you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it changes literally everything. Like, lit- mm. like put RTX on any game ever and it changes it completely. So mm. I'm really curious to see um, what they do um, with, with, with that technology now that it seems more um like useful and less intensive for example mainstream uh, yeah say. mainstream for example control apparently runs better now on the 30 series with rtx on than with rtx off and i remember asking daniel i'm like why is this the case that doesn't seem right to me but apparently it's got something to do with uh, the ai and dlss and, and how they've worked out the architecture and stuff so that's very cool Hmm. um my favorite memory pc gaming was actually uh playing Baldur's gate one at my mom's workplace on her computer i literally like went to the store picked up this rpg installed it on my mom's work computer and i would go over there to play every like weekend like for hours on end, just playing Baldur's Gate, <laughs> you know, leaving the office at like 18, 19 hours. Uh, and that that's what kind of really got me into like Western RPGs, you know, playing Baldur's Gate for hours on end. Uh, it was a transforming experience. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say that much. It was really, really cool. I've always looked for that kind of RPG ever since then, uh, which is why I'm a big fan of you know stuff like Disco Elysium and Wasteland and them. So yeah, that's that's oh. my favorite memory. You like those CRPGs? Uh, what's this? Pillars yes. of Eternity? All those? Yep, yep. Those are, those are my games. <laughs> ah, that's why those wanna... are my games. Yeah. I want to touch on something that you said, Robin, with what you're looking for in PC gaming, um, with the resolution and stuff. I'm not um, a fan of this upscaling. Um, I think there's like a loss to quality. So I really want to see like probably after the 30 series, like maybe the next gen after that, the kind of performance that we're going to get on native 4K, because I think it's going to be a thing. Uh, you know, it... Uh, I, I anyway, you probably know better, but from what I've, you know, seen from like Digital Foundry and all that, 
whenever they talk about DLSS, they do say that that image quality, the upscaling, can even be better than the native 4K. So, you know, that that's why I base my impressions on on with that regard. Is it maybe like from a perspective of, um, it's like a compromise that we don't really notice, or is it like an honest opinion of it looks better? Uh, I believe, when was that? Which video did I watch? So Death Stranding, when you, they yeah, turn on DLSS, looks better than putting it at native 4K in terms of image quality. Interesting. Which is, yeah, which is, you know, which is, it says a lot given that DLSS is still early. So it's like, oh, as time goes on, how good, how, just how much better is it going to get? If, if you know well, what I mean. Well, maybe. I, I... I'm th- let, let's think about it like this. It's possible that the native 4K textures aren't really amazing in the first place because the game was developed for console, not for PC. So probably the ports to PC took most of those textures in the first place as they were and switching to DLSS actually improves on that, makes those textures look better than they actually were. But if it was like from the beginning with high fidelity textures, maybe it's, I don't know if it's possible. That's okay, my I, point. Uh, I see what you're getting at. I, I see the point. But, you know, I think it, it remains to be seen. Like the, mm. the technology, I just find it really interesting and intriguing that, you know, consoles right now are constantly, you know, if a game is going to be native 4K on console this generation, you know, the marketing team is going to scream it at the top of their heads. But, you know, at the back of my mind, I think, you know, maybe native 4K is overrated. <laughs> if, you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Most of us, it is because we don't have 4K yet. I mean, I'm not even on 4K. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what you mean. But like, if you, okay, let me pose a question. If you had the choice between native 4K, uh, this will be difficult because you don't play on console. Okay, native 4K 30 FPS or upscaled 4K 60 FPS. What would you pick? Every single time I'll take the FPS 60. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm also going to take the frames, man. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing that PC gamers get. <laughs> that's true, frames. And I, and I, I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. The first time that I really went like, okay, PC gaming is elite and a different level is I always used to play Assassin's Creed on console. And then I played Assassin's Creed Revelations on PC. And I was like, this is a different video game. I know this because Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood and Revelations were the exact same engine. It was pretty much like a reskin, but playing Revelations on PC and feeling that 60 frames, you know, in movement, I'm like, bruh, I'm never going back. <laughs> you notice it most when you turn. <laughs> Robin, are you looking at the um, fact that DLSS uses AI and uh, by nature, AI is something that um, basically keeps on uh, growing and changing the more you feed it data and all that stuff. So I, 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 are you basing your... I should say argument on on that fact to say my enthusiasm. um, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Native 4K will be stuck at some level, but uh, upscale 
we'll keep on revolving yeah. as time Because, goes you know, the, the, the way I see it, I think we're starting to hit a, a, a cap of sorts in regards to how mm-hmm. just how further we can go in resolution, depending on, you know, like screen yeah. size, commonly available, and the cost, you know, the cost here you have to put up. So, you know, as you said, AI is developing every time. So maybe AI is, is the future. You know, maybe we keep 4K as our baseline for a few gens instead of doing, instead of next gen, we say, okay, next is 8K. Maybe, you know, we keep it at 4K, but have better techniques for better image quality. You know, yeah. implement better ray tracing, whatever, instead, and then don't be forced to increase the resolution. That's cool, but how is Sony going to say with TVs, Robin? <laughs> <laughs> As I've said, man, we're, we're reaching a place where we're reaching a cap. I'm telling you. <laughs> Every cap is meant to be broken. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd say like we pretty much covered most most stuff there, and I, I guess I guess we can leave it there unless anyone has any um, extra final anecdotes. Mm. I think it was a very positive and entertaining discussion. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let me think. What else do I have to add? The the I'll say the temptation to build a PC grows stronger every minute for me. It's just that it's costly. But like if if in a few years I find myself in a position where I can build a quality PC and I also build the confidence to actually put parts together. I'm terrible with my hands, by the way. I, I I'd like that. <laughs> I'd like to do that. Call us, Robin. I mean, we are. Um... We have a strong bunch of tech people in Nerdazaku who love building PCs. <laughs> we do it for fun, man. We do it for fun. Tulani, I want to ask, how was your experience with the actual building? Since you said you're already in tech, huh? Yeah. So it was like really it was, straightforward. Yeah, it's, it's actually really straightforward. And at the end of it, I get that pride to say, I built this thing on my own with my own hands from scratch, blah, blah, blah. So the, the experience is actually super exciting. There's no dull moments unless you you you, you break your arm or something. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely join us, Robin. Uh, it's the only way that you can play Star Citizen. Uh, so <laughs> that's never going to come out, yes. <laughs> it's like a huge, huge uh, selection of games that we have that you can... Yeah. play um, and of course want... be, the, the thing i actually want is just to oh i've built a powerful pc let me go and play games from the gamecube <laughs> <laughs> well you know what at least you have the choice to do that yeah at least <laughs> the choice to do that that's your true. your 3090 pc gamecubing <laughs> that, that's literally what pc gaming is i'm not even gonna lie <laughs> everyone is playing what um Four guys and uh, among us. <laughs> among us. On we, <laughs> it's like, oh, this game can run on your phone, but hey, let me just play it on my super expensive PC. For sure. Nice. It's been fun, guys. Uh, thanks for coming on. I hope everyone listening uh, had fun. I, I feel like it was pretty informative and quite educational. Uh, so yeah, um, I'd, I'd really like to hear everyone's like memories with PC gaming and what they think about the future of PC gaming and if they if they're enticed into building it, etc., etc. If not, what's the reason and all that? Uh, and yeah, so thanks for listening, and we will see you or if you listen to us, I guess, in the next one.
piracy to us, so we don't really worry about piracy. You know, when we think, you know, when you look at the top 10 issues on our list at any given point in time, piracy is almost never, you know, something that's, that's on that list. And the reason that we, th that we think that we don't have issues with piracy is that there's misconceptions in the industry about what piracy is, right? You know, there's assumption that what is piracy? Piracy is about people want to steal stuff from you, right? That they don't want to pay any money and they want to get your content. But when you look at the fact that these people have, you know, $2,000 PCs and, uh, you know, they're, they're spending $50 a month U.S. More or more on their Internet connections, clearly they're willing to spend money. So from our point of view, what we saw more and more is that piracy is a result of bad service on the part of, of game companies. So an example where that was really clear is Russia, right? Everybody in the United States knows that Russians are pirates, right? So there's no point in localizing your game. There's no point in making your product available in Russia because all they'll do is pirate it. You know, when the reality is, is that the pirates in Russia we're actually doing a much better job than the games companies themselves in localizing the product and, and making it available. So if I wanted the product and I didn't want to wait six months to get the product, and if I wanted it in Russian, I was going to have to go to a pirate simply because I couldn't get it any other way. And as soon as the product became available at the same time that it was available in Australia or the UK or the United States and it was localized in Russia, all of a sudden our piracy problems in Russia disappeared. So it really is a question of offering, of viewing yourself as how can you provide the best possible service to your customers, and pricing really is one of the less important aspects of that whole equation. People are happy to pay uh, money if they're getting what they perceive as, as a great product delivered on their terms. This is an example where a lot of the copy protection schemes go in exactly the wrong direction. They actually make, they're actually negative service, right? Suddenly I don't know if this product, so from, as a customer what I want is, I want my content on any device at any point in time uh, with, with a lot of security, right? I don't want to have to worry when I buy a new PC that I won't be able to play a game that I've paid for. And then with copy protection you're suddenly like, Okay, if I reinstall my operating system, will I be able to play this game? If I buy a new PC, will I be able to? If I go over to my friend's house, will I be able to do it? So if you solve the real problem, which is, hey, I can go over to my friend's house and play the game. I can be in a cyber cafe on vacation and on holiday, and I can play my game. And I can buy new PCs and never have to worry about backing this up or restoring backups or anything like that. Oh, that's great. Then I'm much less likely to get a pirated version. Copy protection makes it less likely that that's going to be the case. And higher service platforms like Steam or other ones that are coming out make you more confident. So when you attack the problem that way by improving the service component of the experience rather than through copy protection, which reduces the service component, you know, copy protection is actually getting increase. I mean, there's anecdotal evidence that this is the case that copy protection actually increases rather than decreases the piracy of games.